The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we give our impressions and experiences at Epcot's Food and Wine Festival and share with you some tips if you plan to check it out for yourself, which we highly recommend. Find old episodes of the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Shout out and thank you to Ability Travelers and Awesome3141592656, aka Awesome Pie, who I think came through with an update for their recent reviews. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. Leslie and I were in Walt Disney World in October, and we finally got the chance to check out Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. So we thought we'd share some impressions and some tips from our trip there. So you ready to get started, Leslie? Definitely. All right. So let's just start out with the basics. What is the Food and Wine Festival and when is the Food and Wine Festival? All right. So when it's this year in 2019, August 29th through November 23rd. So it's usually just like the entire fall and it keeps getting longer and longer every year, apparently. But yeah, it's just a takeover of like all different cuisines from around the world of Epcot World Showcase and their different booths set up of sort of differing levels of permanence, I think, um, where they serve specialty food that you can't get any other time of the year. And it's kind of tapas style. It's kind of appetizers. So you, you know, you have several dishes that you try to make a meal. You make your way around the world showcase and try different cuisines, but it is quite an event. I mean, there are these food and wine festivals. Um, of differing sorts at, um, Epcot. There's Festival of the Arts and there's Flower and Garden, but this is the, this is the original. This is the big and the bad one, right? Right. Yeah. Listener Michael T emailed us and said, you know, we should cover the differences between the three sometime and we definitely should. This is not that episode. Food and wine definitely has the most booths when it comes to the sheer volume of food that you could eat at food and wine is much more than I've seen at both Flower and Garden and Festival of the Arts. Yeah, I totally agree. I was not prepared for how much food that there was and uh, neither my wallet nor my stomach. And I quickly gave up all hopes of like, you know, having a representative sampling in the, the short vacation that I was taking because there was just no way. I think it would take a week for one human to try everything. Uh, well, I guess you could do it if you did like a super size me type thing where you only ate at Epcot for a few days, but uh, it's tough. So, you know, our impressions are going to be of the festival overall. Obviously, we'll talk about what we ate, but there's just so many things to eat. We can't really speak to the quality of the overall food. We can only speak to the quality of the things that we ate. One note, though, is... This year and probably next year and maybe the year after that as well, Epcot was under a ton of construction. As we came in on the monorail, you know, Leslie and I saw 
the whole area around Spaceship Earth was essentially under construction. There were scrims everywhere. We took a picture in front of Spaceship Earth with a scrim. These poor uh, Botapass photographers were standing there. No one wanted to take a picture in front of Spaceship Earth because you know no one wants to take it with construction in the background. But we did it for the people. Epcot is in a huge state of flux. Um, we will talk about our experience visiting Epcot under construction and whether it's still worth it on another episode. But you know we should note that there's just a lot going on at Epcot right now. Did you feel like it impacted your experience at all? I mean, I definitely felt it more going into Epcot, coming into from the monorail and walking past Spaceship Earth. I didn't feel it as much at World Showcase, which is where all the food and wine, for the most part, is is set up. So it didn't really affect my food and wine experience as much. But yeah, the park feels very much a work in progress. And uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I I wanted to spend more time in World Showcase to kind of dodge that. That was sort of my my gut reaction for sure. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. All right, so let's talk about kind of the general setup. So we've kind of explained there are booths set up all around World Showcase. Some of them are look like they're temporary booths. Some look like kind of more permanent, for lack of a better term, even though they're not permanent. There are booths that have like entire lawn areas and seating areas attached to them. They, they almost look like pop-up restaurants. Um, there are booths that are just like shacks. And there are things that you can check out in Future World itself. You know, there are things to check out and eat there. For all intents and purposes, anywhere you go in Epcot, you'll be able to find something food and wine related. Any other kind of, in terms of geography, things that you think we should note, Leslie? Yeah, well, I should add that, you know, there are booths sort of that are associated with the countries of World Showcase that are, of course, smartly located close to those countries. But then there are other countries scattered in to the mix. So like there's a Brazil booth and there's a Switzerland booth. I mean, there's so there's other countries and they're sort of positioned geographically next to places that would make sense. Like the Ireland booth is near UK and and that sort of thing. And then the Caribbean booth is like near Mexico. So I, I liked that, you know, it wasn't just the 11 countries of World Showcase food, but you were throwing in a lot of different cuisines that you would not normally get at Epcot. So you really did get to like taste the world. And that was that was really cool for me to expand because I, I love eating all sorts of international food and uh, expanding the offerings of just like what World, world Showcase already offers was um, a highlight for me. And I, I didn't really know what to expect because I did not do my research very much in advance before this trip, very unlike me. I figured I could wing it because I had been to you know, Flower and Garden and Festival of the Arts and and also to Food and Wine at uh, Disney California Adventure, which is much smaller in comparison as well. Aside from the booths, which is what Leslie and I mostly focused on, um, there's still also a lot of special events during food and wine. So there are free culinary seminars that you can check out. You know, usually you have to make reservations for them, but you can check out demonstrations and maybe get some free samples of food. Um, there are also paid seminars, which are more involved. Those you definitely have to sign up for. Those are often with celebrity chefs. Like there can be cooking classes. There can be cooking demonstrations. You know, it's just food related activities. You know, there are more things like Eat to the Beat, but I'll let you talk about that one, Leslie. All right. Saving the best part for me. Yeah. So Eat to the Beat is a concert series that they have in conjunction with Food, food and Wine. There's a big a concert pavilion kind of near like um, the American Adventure, sort of right in that area. And I was just walking by in the rain and happened to see a sign and it said 98 degrees. And I was like, 
98 degrees, like the boy band 98 degrees with Nick Lachey and the cast members like, yeah. So I was like, of course I'm going to sit down and watch that. <laughs> and it turned out to be like the total highlight of my food and wine experience because Gen X mom, there were a lot of other people demographically similar to me rocking it out and, and it was worth it. I mean, like it, they put on a full concert, like it was well done. So, and I, I'd seen some other bands at like that stage and other food, uh, other festivals as well. So that's a real highlight because, you know, grab a, grab some food, sit down, like make a meal of it, watch a concert. Um, it really adds to the overall atmosphere, even if you don't get to like look at Nick Lachey. Dear listeners, I was on my way to the airport and almost drove off the road because my phone was blowing up so much from the 98 degrees content. So don't text and drive people. <laughs> the other thing with Eat to the Beat is you can also have an Eat to the Beat dining reservation. So you can, it's like a package and you can dine at one of the table service restaurants and also get reserved seating for the concert. I feel like if you got to, you know, walk into 98 degrees, I don't think it's much more, it's not going to get much bigger than that. Um, so it's more like if you want to be right in front of Nick Lachey, um, you can get that each of the beat dining package. But personally, I don't think it's worth it because I would rather eat at the booths than eat at one of the table service restaurants I can eat at any time during the year. Yeah, I totally agree. I was able to have a good enough view where I was. I got a button to the middle of the pavilion, just walking up about 15 minutes in advance. And and I did go to one of the earlier shows. I think the later in the evening that you get, the busier the shows get. Because they usually have like mm, three, sometimes maybe maybe four shows um, a night. I think three. So yeah, the earlier shows, are you're likely to have lower crowds because people are just sort of getting their bearings or getting their first food. But we had come into Epcot like mid-afternoon and, and already had like an afternoon snack. Yeah, and some of these concerts are like pretty big groups, like Boys to Men is going to be there in November. Uh, Joey Fatone is going to be there. I guess they couldn't get NSYNC together, but they got Joey Fatone and Friends. If you want to go see that, BB Mac, wow, it's all the 90s stuff. It's They know their audience. Like, it's me, right? I mean, who's planning yeah. the Disney World vacations? Leslie yeah. and her <laughs> and her similar moms, right? Smash Mouth. So, uh, okay, I'll just stop. Um, but, but anyway, you should check out the list. Uh, if you happen, obviously, unless you're like a super fan, don't schedule your trip around it. But it's a kind of nice thing um, when you happen upon it. Some other the special events, you know, there are mixology classes. And uh, one of the big ones is called Sunday Brunch with the Chef. And this is a celebrity chef. And I think they make brunch in front of you and then you eat it together. It's like a two-hour thing. Um, and that's kind of one of the big things at food and wine, which we didn't get to experience because we weren't there on a Sunday. But, you know, there's just all these special events and you can, when the Disney website is working, look up uh, what there is or better yet, find a website like Disney Tours blog or Disney Food Blog that has covered it. Yeah. And these are more events, I'd say, for the locals or people on longer vacations, like adults only vacations. Like this is not what you want to be doing with your like young kids. I mean, you know, don't like <laughs> decide wisely. I mean, unless they're super foodies and like more power to you if they are. But this is this. These are not really for like our family demographic, Joe. Well, you do need to teach them the value of appreciating boys to men on 98 degrees. So maybe each of the beat you take your kids to. Yes, that definitely. My, my daughter would have loved seeing 98 degrees. She, she would have even loved seeing Joey Fatone all by himself. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> all right. So moving on, uh, there is some limited edition merchandise to talk about, or I guess <laughs> there's not a lot of limited edition merchandise to talk about, but we should talk about the fact that for food and wine every year, there's always limited edition merchandise and people like to get it. If you're an annual pass holder, you can get a free magnet. If you go to food and wine four times, you can also get a set of 
coasters. You know, there's a lot of stuff that people like to buy, tumblers, wine glasses. And so if you're into merchandise and you're, if you're especially into limited edition merchandise, there's always something to get. This year, they don't have anything like uh, the Orange Bird drink, which was like super popular during the last Flower and Garden. So Disney did not manage to make anything viral this time. Um, no rose gold ears or anything like that either. But you never know what kind of merchandise will hit it big. And so at these events, there's always special merch. So most of these special events are adult-based, but there is one kind of special thing that they throw into food and wine for kids. Why don't you tell us about that, Leslie? Yeah, that's the Ratatouille hide and squeak um, where you get you purchase a map and you then like go around World Showcase and you look for hidden Remy's all within World Showcase. And when you find them, you're presented with a tumbler at the end of it. So this is a fun little scavenger hunt for kids to get to participate in because, you know, they're not probably not going to be as into the food as much as possible. So like maybe one parent go get in the food line and, and, and get your food while the other parents like accompanying a kid on the scavenger hunt and, and sort of you can hit, kill two birds with one stone and in a family by uh, participating in this. Yeah. And six ninety nine for a tumbler, even if it's smaller, is not that bad. I have heard rumors that you can return the map without having completed it for the Tumblr, but you'd probably at least have to spin a sad story to uh, pull that off, I would think. Yeah, at least as far as uh, Disney souvenirs go, that does not um, shock the conscience. All right, so let's talk about our overall impressions and experience. How did you like food and wine? I really, really liked it. I mean, we first got there and we uh, unfortunately got hit by a rainstorm, like as we ordered our first dish. And I know you were there for that, but I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I wanted to spend more time at food and wine and uh, found some delicious, delicious dishes. Didn't think the prices overall were that bad. I mean, I guess I had been prepared from like reading Tom Bricker, who like complained about the prices going up year after year. But, um, you know, I'd been to the food and wine at Disneyland and this seemed fairly comparable to me and the portions seemed pretty, pretty generous. Um, so I, I did not think that the food, the food prices were, were terrible, but I, I just love the atmosphere. I love the Epcot World Showcase sort of alive with people and the lines were not bad either. I mean, there were a couple of times when you sort of hit the, the 7 p.m. like peak dinner hour when everybody's kind of hitting, hitting a line or wanting a drink at that hour, then, you know, you'll see some lines, but they move fast. And I didn't feel like I had to wait in line very long. What about you, Joe? Yeah, same. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I do think definitely I was there two different nights and, you know, it was raining on and off kind of like the whole time I was in Disney World. So that definitely helped with the crowds. But I do like the buzz of, you know, just people kind of being around, being excited, um, having a good time. There's just like so many things to sample, so many things to try. It's kind of you walk around, you go from booth to booth, and you kind of want to try everything. It's really great event to be at with a bunch of people because different people can get different things, and then you can just try it and share it and enjoy things that way. So definitely had a great time. You know, I don't think personally I would be even super interested in doing any of like the special food classes or anything like that. You know, that's not really my jam. I would rather probably just ride the attractions. But I think the thing about food and wine is the booths are enough. Like you're going to have a great time just wandering around. You probably can spend multiple nights there um, and not get to see everything there is to see. And I really do like the idea of the Ratatouille hide and squeak. I think that would be a great way, you know, because the classic thing is like, oh, it's so hard to get your kids to like walk around the World Showcase. They're so bored. You know, what's there to do? Um, but between that and the Kid Cop Fun Stops, which we've talked about before, but where they get signatures from different countries on a Duffy Bear thing, 
uh, you know, I think it's a great way to keep kids engaged in what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And and you did allude to this, but but do go multiple times if you're there on a longer vacation. I went two different evenings and I'm glad I did because I did want to sample a lot more of the food and just take in the atmosphere. And I've already said I usually go to Epcot in the evenings for dinner anyway. So this, this just sort of fit into that same strategy instead of eating at the regular World Showcase restaurants I was eating at Food and Wine. Right. All right. So like I said, we did not get to try everything. I will share one thing that I was a little disappointed in. There's a Coca-Cola slushy place, which is very, very obviously sponsored by Coke. I was disappointed for two reasons. Number one, the Coke slushy portion of the Coke slushy place was broken while I was there. So that was disappointing. But even my cherry slushy, I was excited by the idea they were going to mix candy in, but I mixed nerds into my cherry slushy and too much sugar. So that was disappointing. I, you know what? I should have known better. So yeah. that one's on me. <laughs> what, what did you try that you really like, Leslie? Well, I texted you about this. There was a garlic noodles with black pepper shrimp at the China booth. And that was so good. I had it three times. It was so delicious. Three times? I thought you only had it twice. No, I think I had it three times <laughs> by before all was said and done because it was really that good. I had it two times on the first day and then I had it a third time on the, the second day. So it was really that good. As soon As soon as I gave up sort of all hope of like, like trying that representative sampling and being able to like report comprehensively on, on food and wine. I realized I couldn't do that. And then I was like, I'm just going to eat what I like. And that was just super delicious. And I love, love Asian food, but that was especially good. The garlic noodles that went with the shrimp. So two thumbs up for that. Hope they bring it back next year, but I didn't have anything bad. I mean, I really didn't. I had ravioli at Italy. I had strudel at Germany. Can you see a trend here of the carbs? But um, yeah, it was all delicious. All the ones that I, that I sought out. The nice thing uh, for those of you who are trying to be health conscious when you're going to something like food and wine, you're also walking 10 miles a day, so you don't have to feel too bad about it. All right, so let's get into some quick tips for food and wine uh, before we finish up. So my first tip would be, everyone says this and it makes total sense. If you go on a weekday, especially during the day, you're just going to deal with much shorter lines. The weekends are when all the locals go. Locals also go for dinner, even on weekdays. So weekday during the day is a great way to beat the lines. Most definitely. And the earlier you can start dinner, the better. People really do come to like make the dinner of it. And you and I started, I think what, what maybe three thirty, four, and the lines were definitely lower. Of course, we were, it was raining on us at the time, but, but generally speaking, they're shorter if you sort of start with an early dinner and, and, uh, also watch for those nights that Epcot's open till 10 instead of nine. That spreads the crowds out a little bit more because like at nine, everybody's racing. They like realize at eight, like I haven't had enough food and I got to get in line as fast as possible on those nights. Right. And our next tip, we kind of covered it already, but if you have the chance, you know, go multiple times, you know, I don't always get a park hopper, but Leslie, I know you love the park hopper. If you have that park hopper, it's great to go to Epcot, maybe not for dinner every night, uh, especially if you want to avoid the crowds. But, you know, if you go there for lunch one day, dinner another day, if you're there over the course of a week, um, that just kind of gives you a chance to experience it as much as possible. For sure. And uh, last but certainly not least, just be sure to savor the experience. I mean, this is not the forced march of happiness kind of experience that you'll do in other Disney parks. And this is a time where you kind of can take a break from the rides and just take in um, all that's happening around you and, and focus on the food and the, the music and, and things like that. And I mean, I did, of course, sneak in a ride on Frozen Ever After while I was there, but with fewer attractions, at least for right now uh, in World Showcase, Showcase, like just enjoy the showcase. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think this is really 
the park right now where you're not going attraction to attraction. It was Hollywood Studios six months ago, but now Epcot's a park that is under construction. Even if you want to go on the attractions, it's like hard to get to. It's in a huge state of flux, but luckily this festival and all their other festivals give you a chance to kind of enjoy and experience uh, what's going on. And you'll, you'll never know like what you'll run into. I was walking by the UK the night that I was there and there were some like metal rock or 80s rock cover band playing uh, in the UK pavilion, like in the back, in the hedgerows where I usually stroller my kids to nap. And so there's just like a lot of stuff going on. And, um, you know, it's really fun to just take in. The Skyliners will be flying over you. So if you're like Leslie and myself and not able to ride the Skyliner because it was shut down when you were there, you'll be very sad. But if you're there now when the Skyliners are hopefully still operating, uh, it does also add a nice ambiance to everything that's going on. Just overall, the whole ambiance is great of the whole entire festival. For sure. All right, let's get out of here. But Leslie, why don't you give us a Disney do or don't first? All right, Disney do for food and wine is do read the map beforehand. Do look at the booklet that they give you that shows the food listings at every pavilion because World Showcase is giant. And if you miss like a dish that you want to try and it's like three countries back, you are not going to want to backtrack. I mean, I guess you burn some calories that way, but but definitely like have a plan. Um, and I did before I sort of started my loop around World Showcase, even though I didn't plan a ton in advance, I did at least look at like the lineup of of the food generally and sort of see the the booths that I wanted to stop at. So I wasn't backtracking too much, but um, definitely sort of think about holistically what your meal is going to be and, and decide on your direction around World Showcase accordingly. Great tip. All right. So thanks so much for listening. If you have impressions of food and wine or things or tips you'd like to share, please contact us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. I really enjoyed food and wine. I'm looking forward to going back. I know Leslie feels the same way. Please let us know if you feel the same way or if you feel like some other people feel that it has been getting old. I guess you know it was our first experience, which is why it was so uh, great for us. All right, so we will talk to everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening. And other than that, Leslie, I will see you at Food and Wine 2020. Thanks, Jeff. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.